The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with another innovator whose company is on a mission to improve people's lives by simplifying the way they see a doctor. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Dr. Bobby Park, Director of Virtual Healthcare Delivery for RelyMD. Dr. Park, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you taking some time to talk with me. Well, it's our pleasure. Thanks for making the time to be here. Before we begin our discussion, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Sure. I am a board-certified emergency medicine physician. I went to college at Columbia University, got a degree in economics. Then I went to medical school in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and then did my emergency medicine residency in the Bay Area in California at a great program called Highland Emergency Medicine, and that was based in Oakland, California. I then came back to North Carolina where I grew up, and I am at a private practice called Wake Emergency Physicians, which is made up of 90 board-certified emergency physicians. We staff about nine different emergency departments in the Triangle area around Raleigh across three different healthcare systems. Last year, we saw about 320,000 patients in these emergency departments, and so we're very busy on the clinical front. About, I would say, three, four years ago, our group, which again is a private group and independent, they saw the writing on the wall that healthcare reimbursement is changing. Everything is going back to sort of value-based care, shifting more risk onto the physicians as well as sometimes even employers. And so we thought telemedicine and virtual health was really the way to go so that we could extend our clinical services to as many people as possible across North Carolina. Great. Why don't you take just a couple of minutes and tell us about RelyMD from a 10,000-foot view. Sure. RelyMD, R-E-L-Y-M-D, is this telemedicine arm of our clinical practice. And again, the name of our practice is Wake Emergency Physicians. RelyMD, anyone with an internet connection or our RelyMD app can make an account, just like an email account with a user ID and a password. You tell us what's wrong today. The way I like to think of it is it's online urgent care. So it's not for your heart attacks and strokes. It's meant for fairly straightforward, but sometimes urgent care type needs. And you tell us what's wrong. We attempt to get back in touch with you within 10 minutes. We ask you a bunch of questions, provide a focused physical exam, and then if need be, prescribe medications to your local pharmacy, provide a lot of instructions on how to take care of the condition, answer your questions, 
And typically, from start to finish, it's about a 15 to 20 minute affair. Outstanding. I think I read there was an interesting story of how you came up with the idea for LiMD. Could you share that with our audience? Absolutely. So my sister, she is actually out in the Bay Area still, and I have a niece. Her name is Emmy. She was on the monkey bars, took a tumble, and had a tiny little cut on her wrist. So my sister thought it might need stitches but wasn't sure, so she took a bunch of pictures of it from her smartphone and texted them to me. And I asked her to spread it apart, see if it would come apart, asked her to do a few more things. She did them and sent them to me. And at the end of the day, she did not need stitches. And she was very thankful because that was a three to four hour visit and probably a decent amount of cost that was saved. Then I talked to my colleagues all the time. And this happens with friends and family and church members. And we do this weekly. It's definitely a clinical need. And so we figured, you know what? This is the way to do it. This is a clinical need. This is a business. Let's see if we can't get into virtual health care. Well, there's two parts to that, Dr. Park. And I have many personal stories, but I blew out my knee last year this time, and my son had a knee problem just a month ago. The first part is diagnosing and getting to the appropriate, whether it's urgent care or emergency care, right? And then the next part is how do you navigate the health system? So, for example, as I blew out my knee, my trip to the emergency room was a $1,200 note that said, go see an orthopedic surgeon which I much yeah. would have rather had that been a $40 visit <laughs> over the Internet and probably seven days taken out of the middle there to make that all happen. So I think there's more than one way to fix the system, and I agree with you that we're ripe and the technology's there. And I can empathize with you as I have several friends and family that are physicians that they're always being asked to help whether it's an urgent care need or some other need to help triage and get into the healthcare system the right way. Yes, absolutely. And you bring up such a great point, Joe. Half the battle is if it's a straightforward condition, we can handle it via virtual health by asking a bunch of questions, do a focused exam. Perfect example is poison ivy. I got exposed. I was outside a couple of days ago, and now I have this sort of itchy, weepy rash, and then take pictures, and I can take a look at it. That's very straightforward, and you can handle it. We can take care of it right there. But when it comes to something like you had mentioned, blowing out your knee, well, that depends on what time of day it is. If you're calling at 2 in the morning because you decided for whatever reason to go down your driveway and it's dark and you tripped, well, that's a much bigger navigation problem, really, because there aren't many choices at three in the morning. You basically have the emergency department. But if it happens during the business hours, well, you have a lot of options. You have nowadays orthopedic clinics have their own urgent cares. There's always the emergency department. There's also urgent care. Where I come from right now, what I'm a firm believer in is that, yes, it is virtual care, but a lot of it is this coordination of care locally and regionally. And in our area, we are very familiar with all the different resources available to us and also to the patients around us. So we can help them navigate the healthcare system at the right time of day for the right patient, for the right condition. And let's just be honest, 
at the most appropriate cost to both the patient and the healthcare system. Because nowadays, high deductible health plans are sort of becoming the norm. And so now the consumer and the patient are responsible for each dollar they spend. So I think more folks are appreciative of going a route that might be more affordable. I agree with you, especially as we're assuming more and more of the cost. And when we're showing up and 10 years ago, our copay was $10 to show up at that emergency room. My copay was over $200 this time. And that's wow. That's real money. Oh, yeah, that's real money. And if your deductible is 3000 or 5000 the copay was just a couple hundred, but the x-rays and the pain meds and the splint and the crutches, you're looking at probably closer to a $1,500 bill, potentially. Exactly. What types of things can you treat via ReliMD, and what are some types of things you can't? I think, again, the description that ReliMD is an online urgent care is a good generalization because then you capture sort of the things that you would normally take care of in urgent care. So rashes, cough, urinary tract infections, vomiting and diarrhea, allergies, sort of basic, straightforward conditions that are horribly inconvenient and you want to handle them right then and there rather than wait two, three, four, five days to see potentially, you know, depending on how busy your primary care clinic office is. So I would say those types of conditions, urgent care conditions, are the ones that we can handle very well on a virtual platform. Things that don't lend itself are really life-threatening conditions. I mean, if you have a life-threatening condition like a heart attack or a stroke, then obviously we're not going to be able to do online CPR or anything like that. So those sort of life-threatening conditions would definitely require an in-person evaluation. And here's the interesting thing, Joe. Our group is staffed strictly by physicians, and they're all minimally, at the very minimum, board-certified emergency medicine physicians. But we have very many of us who are dual-boarded in, for example, pediatrics or pediatric emergency medicine, some of us even in internal medicine. What we have found over the last year as we've gained experience is that we thought we're going to see these folks come in with chest pain and then just send them to the ER and say, hey, go get that taken care of. That would be a one-minute encounter and then refund them their money. What has actually happened is when they come in with their chest pain or their stroke-type symptoms or their horrible hernia that looks like it might be strangulated, we're actually very comfortable. That is in our wheelhouse, too, because, again, we're board-certified physicians. We're all actively practicing, and we see it every day clinically. So we know what the concerns are, what the issues are, and then we answer all the patient's questions. We let them know we think that's a very concerning presentation for X, Y, or Z. Where would you like to go? What is your closest emergency department? Because that's what we're recommending. They tell us they're going to go to the Mission Hospital in Asheville. Well, we know all the backdoor numbers to all the emergency departments in the state of North Carolina. We call that emergency department up and let them know that Mr. Smith is coming with XYZ problem. Please don't just put them in the waiting room and sit on them. They're concerning for X, Y, and Z. And so in a way, we were learning that the higher acuity stuff are the things that the patients are actually most thankful for, and they actually take much longer to take care of them. And so that care coordination piece is really what we're finding is sort of our real value. 
What have you found as you've been at this for a while, or can you validate that telemedicine does save money versus an emergency room or urgent care? Yes, our statistic is right around 90% of the calls that we receive we're able to manage and treat, and they are resolved. In other words, it's not that we're seeing them, treating them, and then they go see an emergency room the next day or go see an orthopedic doctor the next day. There are urgent care complaints that are resolved and handled and taken care of. When you do that and you're handling patients' care in the most inexpensive facility ever, which is their house or their, their office, that saves that patient and that employer, if they're employed, uh, significant dollars because the majority of healthcare fees is not in the professional fee, in other words, the, the physician fees. The majority of healthcare costs are in the facility fees. So just stepping foot into an emergency room is going to be many, many hundreds of dollars, just step in, regardless of what your complaint is. Same with urgent cares. The professional fee is not that high. It's actually the facility fee for getting triaged getting the x-rays, getting the drip test, or whatever it might be, that's where the costs are. And so if you're able to take care of folks in an inexpensive setting like their house, it just saves money, period. Wow. I got involved in telemedicine in my early career almost 25 years ago, and it was teleradiology back then. And it used to drive me crazy that they couldn't complete the case. Right, you do teleradiology all night long, and then somebody'd come in and read the cases in the morning. So I love to hear a situation where you're using telemedicine to complete cases. That's where you get efficiency. That's just awesome. Thank you very much. I agree with you. Again, and I don't pretend to be sort of the wise sage by any stretch. We're new at this too. We've only been doing this now for a total of. 10 months, we opened our doors on January 6, 2015, to see patients. And I'll be very honest and say that we're learning as we go. But what resonates with my group and our decision to enter this is that uniformly, when we call back the patients and follow them up and we say, how was your experience? Would you use us again? The overwhelming response is, it's great. We loved it. You saved us so much time. You saved us so much money. We are going to use you again in a heartbeat. That's how I know we're in a good situation. That's how we know there is a future in telehealth because it meets a need that the patients have. If, if we were doing this for nine months and we call them back and they're kind of like, it was kind of convenient, but it's kind of sham medicine. I don't really trust what's going on here. I wouldn't use it again. Well, we got some big problems, but Again, uniformly, the overwhelming response is very positive. That's great. We're starting to see telemedicine either being offered by an insurance company or employers. Do you guys participate in that at all? Yeah, it is very state-dependent and employer-dependent. Let me start with your first person you identified with, the first entity, which is insurance. Uh, the state of North Carolina Private insurance is primarily the biggest player is Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. They have just recently started reimbursing individual telemedicine visits for just the case vignettes that we've been talking about. They put that policy out just in July, just a few months ago. Wow. So 
Yes, North Carolina is now starting to see payers reimburse for telemedicine. Employers, well, it depends on the employer. If you have an employer who is self-insured and they are responsible for every healthcare dollar of their employees and their dependents, they completely understand the value of telehealth. And so they are willing to pay a premium to have access to the service and that care coordination aspect because they understand that the statistic for at least that we have in our emergency department is that 40% of ER visits happen after hours when there's no urgent care and there's no primary care doctor's offices. So again, around 40% occur in the after hours when there's just not really any other options. If you had another option that was more convenient, then you could see people using it and it would save money. And just a few ER visits saved per month can add up super quickly. That sure can. So do you go to market directly to the consumer or do you also sell to employers and or insurers? Yes, we go direct to consumer. That's the way we first started. We didn't have a single employer contract or insurance contract, but we had to take a leap of faith in virtual health because we really believed in it and we needed to get our feet wet. So we went direct to consumer. It was basically an introductory price of $49.95 for anyone off the street to just make a user ID and a password and get in there. So right at $50, basically, to see the physician within 10 minutes. Wow. That's a lot cheaper than $1,200 at a <laughs> ER. Yep, a little bit cheaper. Yes, exactly. What advice would you give to our listeners that are thinking about being a telemedicine patient, whether it's for urgent care or emergency? From what you've learned, what advice would you give people? I would basically... Look at the various choices that you have. I would ask to recognize what sort of physicians that are, are staffing on the other end of the phone or the webcam. And like I said, our group, everybody is board certified emergency medicine physicians. Is that what is needed? I don't think so, not necessarily. But you also don't want someone who may have lost their license in a given state and decided, well, now I'm just going to practice virtual health care. That's not something you want either. So really knowing who your doctor is on the other side would be nice. The second thing is really, I would say, remembering it as an option is always the hardest part. Changing behavior when you get sick is really hard to do. It's stressful just to begin with. But then recognizing that telemedicine is an option, and I think if your listeners give it a try, and have an open mind, the money saved and the convenience factor saved will probably win them over. So just have an open mind and give it a try. Dr. Park, are there any anecdotes or stories regarding your service that you might be able to share? I'll just share an example. There's this young lady who was riding her bike, unfortunately without a helmet, and she fell. And she gashed her face and hit her head and and so she definitely needed to be seen. She went to her local emergency room where she had waited four hours, and unfortunately she had not been seen yet just because it was so busy. She said, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to my hometown local emergency room, which was about 30 minutes away. And she went there, and three and a half hours into that wait, she was about to have a nervous breakdown. Mm. 
And her husband said, oh my gosh, I forgot. We have this thing called ReliMD and pulled up the app and she got one of my colleagues and they basically evaluated her and said, yep, you definitely need stitches for your face and I would recommend a head CT because you bonked your head pretty good. You're stable neurologically. And I asked her a whole bunch of questions and then examined her and did a little neuro exam, believe it or not, in the parking lot of that emergency department. Oh, no. And then said, well, you have options. You will be seen there. You just don't know when. No one can predict the wait time. But one option is to stay where you're at and you'll be seen. The other option is I know that you have three emergency departments around you. And I know the wait times of all of them. And one of them happens to be one of our ERs. So if you wanted to, I could make a phone call to our colleague in one of the emergency departments, let them know you're coming, and take care of you quickly and promptly, which she chose that option. 90 minutes later, including the ride there, she was stitched up, head CT was negative, and she was happy as a clam. Wow. That is a care coordination piece. What a fabulous story. Thanks so much for sharing that. What's next for ReliMD? What new things will you be bringing out as we head into 2016? 2016 for us is looking very promising. ReliMD is signing up corporate clients for sure weekly, but almost on a daily basis. We're also trying to partner with healthcare systems because it's a little bit of a larger discussion, but there are some healthcare entities that are trying to go with things like accountable care organizations, sort of these large clinical networks where patients are all together. And by using a particular network of clinics or physicians or subspecialists and hospitals, they then get to save money. And so they need a care coordination piece. And telehealth may very well be the glue that makes that all happen. And so we're looking at some partnerships with healthcare systems and hospital systems. And so far, the response and the feedback has been very positive. And so 2016, for us, looks to be like a very promising year. That's great. Dr. Park, as we wind down our time here, before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about ReliMD? We have a very straightforward website, www.relymd, that's R-E-L-Y-M-D.com. And a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is even better. There's a host of short videos that explain how telemedicine works, how to actually start doing it, breaks down those barriers to where people are sort of afraid because they're not sure how it works. So going to the website and just looking around and surfing is is a great way to do it. Great. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for stopping by today and for telling us all about the great things you're doing at ReliMD. It was my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for letting me come on board here and chat with you. It was fun. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Dr. Bobby Park, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. Mm-hmm.